up and welcome to the Turley Talk Sports Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be talking about daily sports news. We'll have interviews with athletes, coaches, and media members. We have predictions, power rankings, previews, and all things sports. I'm your host, Jackson Turley, and thank you for tuning in. Today's show, we have Devin Dixon joining us. Devin is the one and only ESPN Sports Talk Show host in Southern Utah. He's the host of his own show called The Devin Dixon Show that airs on 97.7. And I'm actually currently in an internship role with Devin on his show. So today we're flipping the roles a little bit and he's going to be on my show. He's been a big influence on me and the podcasts and pretty much everything I do on here is modeled after him and his show. So I'm stoked to have him on. We'll do a little interview with him to get to know the story behind the radio voice and then talk some sports. Let's get into it. Thanks, Devin, for joining us, and let's get started. How's it going? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We'll get right into it. As I said on the in the intro that you're the host of your own ESPN radio show, but what really made you want to get into sports media and marketing? You know what? I used to listen to an FM station growing up, um, and I, I, I wanted to be a wacky FM DJ, actually. I was like, it'd be cool to like play this song and pick what I thought when I was a kid, I could pick whatever song and play whatever I wanted. And then, and then as time went by, I was always, you know, I played basketball and football and, and golf in high school. I was a big sports fan. And then when I come to Southern Utah, I found out they had a sports broadcasting class at Dixie State. So I took that over and over and over, just kept taking that sports broadcasting class. First day in class, they were like, uh, some of you will run a camera and some of you, will, it was a TV broadcast. Some of you will be on replay and some of you might get a chance to to broadcast. I think the first game I was assigned like a camera. Well, somebody didn't show up on time. They're like, we need somebody to go down and, and do the color commentating. I'm like, I'll go. I had no prep. Didn't even have a roster tell right at tip off. But uh, they said I did such a great job and, and was having fun with it and enthusiastic and had, had and for winging it, did a really good job. So they kept me in the booth all year long. I remember uh, as time went by, I was able to do uh, you know, Dixie State versus Snow. That was actually Dixie Junior College versus Snow, and got started doing some TV broadcasts just through through the uh, through the university down there. And then it was funny. I, my wife actually heard a radio ad. Hey, they're hiring at the radio station. Come tells me one day, and uh, I'm like, all right, let's go do it. I was landscaping and waiting tables, and they hired me on the spot to sell sports, and, and that transformed into my own show. And uh, almost 20 years later, here I am talking sports in Southern Utah and loving every second of it. Yeah, that's an awesome story with your wife. She's one of my teachers at school, and she was telling me about how she got you your first job. So that's that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, she, what did she tell you? She fit, made my resume for you? Yeah, yeah, she said she set you all up, and <laughs> you came home one day and sent you on your way. Well, I grew up on a farm. I didn't have an updated resume. I worked on a farm my whole life. I did have a pizza delivery job, and then I you know, had a current job here, but I didn't have that much of a past record. You know, the one thing that was really good for me is I, I my mom was big into scouts when I was a kid, and I had an Eagle Scout, and my and the guy that actually hired me, a former GM here at the radio station, was an Eagle Scout, too. And he saw that and was like, you're hired. I want, I want you. So that actually was really beneficial for me. And, and here I am 20 years later. Yeah, well, as you said, 20 years later, how did you grow your show and image? I just have fun talking sports, buddy. I mean, I figure if I'm having fun talking about the Jazz, the Knights, the Raiders, you know, teams I love, the Seahawks, golfers I love, that people have fun listening. I always try to... You know, just just make it fun. Try to have good knowledge of the local stuff. Try to give people a little bit different. I'm the only local sports talk show in Southern Utah. So, 
you know, knowing the high school kids, knowing the college players, um, you know, knowing it's easy to know all the jazz players, right? It's easy to know all the NFL players that we watch every week, but, uh, you know, trying to, you know, make sure that I'm up to speed on who's coming up through who's who's a little freshman that's in two years is going to be running touchdowns back for Dixie Pineview Snow Canyon and Desert Hills that's that's the key um people always come up to me hey how do you know all these high school kids and part of it's because we call the games here on 97.7 ESPN but but that's kind of what sets me aside from all the national guys is just the local angle talking BYU Utah and, and all the other regional and, and local sports yeah, as you said, you're the only Southern Utah sports talk show down well, here. Well, now there's you, man. you got this <laughs> podcast going. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be a part of it, but you've been covering so much sports throughout your years. What would you say is your favorite sports moment that you've covered? Oh, my gosh. Um, there's a lot of them. Um, I, my first big interview, one of the first was Barry Sanders. And I always remember that, you know, I think it was like the good hands all state and they were doing a big promotion. And I got an email one day that said, Hey, book Barry Sanders. So I jump on, I'm like, I'll book him. And I was like, am I really going to get Barry Sanders? I'd only been in radio maybe four to six months. And, you know, I, I had some great advice from Boston. I'm like, I got Barry Sanders on the show. And he's like, man, just be you. And, um, I remember what Scott Van Pelt said one time, and I'll never forget this. I was at Torrey Pines in 2008 with a couple buddies watching the U.S. Open golf tournament. And I was walking past Scott, Scott Van Pelt. And I'm like, Scott, big fan, watch your stuff. Dude, I'm getting into radio. Give me some advice. And he's like, man, be real and just play to your strengths and have fun talking sports. Going back to what I was talking about earlier, and I've always remembered that. And then he said – Hone your craft and get ready to jump, market to market to market. I haven't had to do that. I've, I love Southern Utah. I've lived here as long as I lived in my home state of Washington now and no plans to leave anytime soon. But gosh, I mean, you know, going to Oregon and calling a game when I was, I spent four years with Southern Utah University football, first time in Autzen Stadium. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, calling Rolls Royce touchdowns. Uh, Justin Herbert was there. Um, you know, th- there was, there's g- going and, and, you know, being part of the first media session when I was in the interview room with, with Jerry Sloan. And, you know, I'm this young 28, 29-year-old kid just nervous to ask Jerry Sloan a question, thinking if I ask him something stupid, he's going to rip my head off. Like, who is this guy? Because, you know, I only get up to, you know, three, four jazz games a season. Being so far away, it's not easy to drive up, catch a jazz game, and then and then drive back. But those are a couple that, that come to mind. But, you know, we've, we, I've had so many, too many great guests over the years to remember but those are a couple ones that jump out of the top of my mental lobe yeah i mean as those are some awesome stories about how the sports you've covered and all the connections that you've made but i mean i know you're a big golfer tell us about your first hole in one uh, the one and only hole in one i only got one i've been playing that stinking game since i was about 12 13 years old and it was actually mayor kenny nelson washington city current mayor and he's his mayor's cup, and it's his four-man scramble. Well, I was with some sponsors. I invited some clients of mine to come out and play, and we're on number five at Green Springs across the canyon and hit a little gap wedge, a little 50-degree wedge, playing about 135, 137, and spun it back in. And, yeah, I got the ball still, holding one number five, Green Springs, is sitting up uh, in my man cave, and I can't wait for number two. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that wasn't your favorite sports moment out of all the – yeah, it was, that was crazy. I, I think uh, now, though, I'm looking forward to my f- son's first hole-in-one, maybe more than my second one. I'm hoping he ties me up real soon. I, he almost had one uh, on the exact four-year anniversary that I had mine. I thought it was going in, and I actually had it on video. He was playing number two at Bloomington Country Club, but it just didn't fall. That would have been a pretty cool story to tell for years to come. Yeah. Uh, as you are saying earlier, you, as a young kid, you are worried about Jerry Sloan ripping your head off if you said something dumb, but... 
What would you say your most embarrassing moment on air has been? Um, okay, going back to my wife, she was blowing me up one day. Like calling me, texting me, calling me, texting me. I'm live on the air. So we go to commercial break and I'm like, what, honey? I'm doing my radio show. What are you, what's so important, right? I forgot to turn the microphones <laughs> off. So I'm getting texts like, dude, you're live on air. You're yelling at your wife. I'm like, I'm not yelling at her. I'm just like, you know how that is <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. you know, you've got somebody blowing you up and you're busy. It's like, gets a little irritating. You can't talk. You can't talk. You know, it's important. So that was probably one that, that was pretty embarrassing. I left the mic and. You know, I'm always anal about that now. I never want to leave a live. I mean, look what happened with the, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. You, know, you know, you never want to leave that mic on um, because you could have your wife calling you and eating some milk from the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty funny one. Uh, if you know Devin, you know he's a big Seahawks fan, diehard. Where did your love from the Seahawks come from? I was uh, – my buddy's parents uh, did tour-guided fishing trips on a little lake, Mardon Resort. Uh, it's in Eastern Washington and the Seahawks would always come over to go bass fishing, walleye fishing. And I'll never forget Dave Craig, uh, Joe Nash, Jacob Green, uh, Steve Largent. They would all come over and I have this, I still to this day have this Mardon Resort hat where they all signed it. And we were able to hang out with them for a good half hour, 45 minutes. And they were just real cool to us. And we're just like 10, 12 year old kids. And, and then obviously my dad took me in our first Seahawks game and something me and my son do every year. I mean, we're we're just big, big Seahawks fans. We've been through the rough years. We're not bandwagon fans. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Utah uh, kids are bandwagon fans. They've seen their first, their first um, Super Bowl was Russell Wilson beating Peyton Manning, and that's awesome how that connection comes from so young. So you're saying earlier how you've golfed with the mayor and you have all these awesome connections. Who's your favorite or most famous person that you've played golf with? My goodness. Um... Gosh, Darren Williams. <laughs> we, we played a couple holes with Darren Williams at Coral Canyon when he was with the Jazz. Funny thing about D. Will is he, 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 he likes some four-letter words when he's golfing. He takes his golf game pretty serious. Well, my son was with us. Well, my son came home and was like, we played golf with – he must have been five or six. We played golf with Darren Williams. He likes to say the blank word. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So my wife always reminds me to watch my mouth when I'm – or watch other people's mouth. when now, now my son's 16, so it's not, you know, it's not quite as big a deal. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, played with Zach Blair. I haven't played actually with Tony Finau. Played a lot with Jadon Blake. Um, I like playing with, with the guys like that that have been on tour, that have been through it. And, uh, you know, th th it's nice to hear their stories and, and give some advice. So anybody that's been, you know, in the, on the PGA Tour is somebody that I always enjoy playing with. Yeah, and like you said, they give you lots of good advice. And I was just talking – we were just talking about how you started off at Dixie State in your broadcasting career. I'm trying to get into this. And what advice would you give a kid like me or another kid that may be listening on – to try to get into the same job that you have. No, just be passionate about, about it. You know, you obviously love sports. You know, take in as much as you can. I used to turn the, the, uh, the TV set down on the jazz games, turn the volume off, have my rosters in my scorebook, and I would actually call the game over top of the jazz announcers with no volume just to practice. So, you know, you, you got you to gotta hone your skill. You got to have fun. I mean, still to this day, there's things you can always improve upon. I, I say um way too much. I go look back and listen to an interview once in a while. I'm like, I said um seven times in a 20-minute interview. Well, come on, Devin. So, but no, I mean, like I was saying earlier, um, you know, be you, be real, and just have fun talking sports, and hopefully people have fun listening. But it's been fun to come on the show, brother. Yeah, well, thank you. That's Devin Dixon. If you didn't know him, now you do. And you ready to talk some sports? Yeah, let's do it. Hey.
I'm Princess Blank. I live in the kingdom of Blank. Sergeant Blank is treating me very blank, and it looks like I'll be shipping off to Blank in about a blank. I blank you, Mother Buster. I am in deep blank. Do I have to fill in all the blanks? That's the whole point, dummy. Take a look at what this numbnuts did. What the blank is happening? Find out now on the blank game. It's time to play the fill in the blank game. I got Devin Dixon and Andy Thompson answering my fill in the blanks. Basically how this works is that I've came up with seven fill-in-the-blank questions on today's sports news and just news in the recent weeks, and they give me their take on it. Yeah, so let's get to our first question. Our first question goes to the NFL. The Raiders should feel blank about their last-minute loss against the Chiefs. Heartbroken! I mean, you get David Carr down the field. Not David Carr. Jeez Louise. Little brother. And you go score and you leave 143. Was it 143 AT? Yeah. yeah and, and Mahomes has one timeout. Very sad. Mahomes broke their heart. So I go heartbroken. Raiders played a great game. That offense looked good. Car looked like vintage Montana. I mean, this Raiders team has is, is, is got a chance to still be right there doing some special things right now. They're just one spot out of a playoff berth right now and still plenty of games to go. Not fun is the answer for me. Mahomes, watching him on that last drive, it was like watching uh, your cousin playing Madden, and he plays rookie mode, and he's throwing up against the computer, who's a rookie, and it just goes right down the field. It was so inevitable. It wasn't even fun. It was just, uh, I felt bad for the Raiders. that You just can't give Mahomes the ball ever. Yeah. The whole game. I, I feel bad I called Derek David, too. I mean, that's kind of an insult with the way he's playing. Right now. All right, let's blink and get to question number two. We're taking a step down into college football. Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney is blank for saying that Florida State should forfeit and that they used COVID-19 as an excuse to call off their game against Clemson. He's spouting off, man, isn't he? Um, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And, and maybe he really believes that. Maybe he's just adding fuel to the fire. Um, but at the end of the day... I love Florida State's response saying, hey, we're not making these decisions. Our medical experts are making these decisions. And, you know, it's frustrating, right? They're all going to die. You you coach, you coach, you coach. You're ready, you're ready, you're ready. You finally get Trevor Lawrence back healthy from his bout with COVID, and then you get the game canceled. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a little disrespectful, to be honest with you, what Dabo was, was doing. You know, but he's entitled to his own opinion. But I would use the word disrespectful. Andy? Um... I would say unfair. I think it is to blame the football program when they're not the ones who are in charge of it. It is a little bit unfair, Dabo. Yeah, I think it's just venting frustration. Probably wish he wouldn't have done it at this point in time. But, you know, Dabo's Dabo, and I, I don't hate him for it. All right, we're switching it over to the NBA and the NBA offseason. The team who has won the NBA offseason thus far is the blank. No, well, there's still some free agents out there. So, but as of right now, I still think I still want to lean. You know, Phoenix, Milwaukee. You know, I think the Jazz did some nice things. I think the Jazz are just one piece away now. I love getting Clarkson back. I love bringing Favors back. I still think they're a piece away. But but and they're they're sil- silently just kind of going about their business. Nobody's talking about them. But I think the Jazz are going to be right there in the mix to be really improved and take a big step forward, which is exciting for Jazz Nation out there. But, but, but I mean, you add Chris Paul to a roster and you keep your core intact, that's huge. I like Phoenix, but Milwaukee probably, as long as they can extend Giannis's deal, I think is, is probably the biggest winner right now. 
Yeah, I agree with all the ones that you said. I think the Lakers just got Mark Gasol, which is uh, which is good. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think the the Suns should be really fun. The Bucks should be fun, and uh, the Hornets should be. Terrible. And the Knicks didn't stink <laughs> up the joint in the draft yet. I, I mean, the Knicks actually. I mean, Nick fans have something to legitimately maybe be optimistic about for the first time in a long time. That should be noted because we've been ripping, you know, Stephen A's terrible. They're terrible. I mean, we've heard it time and time again. The Knicks actually didn't butch free agency in the draft this year. All right. Our next question goes to the MLB and the Braves signing Charlie Morton to a one-year deal is blank for the National League World Series race. Puts him as the favorite. I mean, look what, what they got with Freddie Freeman, that rotation. They were down a couple arms even in their run this past year. World Series or bust? Chop, chop. I, I like it. Huge pickup for the Braves. No question about it. World Series caliber now by one arm, one significant arm in that rotation. Um, I will say still short of the World Series. When's the last time the Braves won the World Series? 96? Probably. No, no, no. 95. 95? Yeah. It was... It 95. Was, it was right then in that area. I think 95. I think Man. you're right. I mean, the Braves are, I think, one of the best baseball organizations in uh, the league. But it's been a long, long time. Yeah, maybe... Uh, but with Albies and Freeman and you add Charlie Morton, yeah. you got young arms. Like, this is a World Series or bust type roster. Yeah. They're, they're in great position, and that's all you can ask for going... And they're probably not done making moves. Yeah. All right, we're going to uh, the NHL, who we haven't talked about much, but part of the reason is that there's no start date for the NHL. That is blank for the fans. Frustrating baffling because you know when you look back the NHL was really quick to to make decisions go to hubs do everything right and you know I'm not sure how the NBA has fast tracked them and is going to start pre-Christmas and the NHL is still scratching their heads working on this you know going to be tough to to get in more than a, a 60 65 game schedule if they decide in the next couple weeks so a little bit baffling and a little bit frustrating for fans I'm sure I want to know when the Knights are firing up, don't you, AT? Absolutely. But who cares? I would say... Uh, Patient? A, a post... Yeah, I would say patience. I would say an NHL league they want that started fans. in February and went till your regular Stanley Cup time. Who cares? I mean, baseball's truncated season I thought was awesome. Uh, I think more leagues should cut down the amount of games, the amount of pointless games they play, starting with hockey. Yeah, good question, though. Good question. Go nights ago. Go nights ago. <laughs> We're going back to college football, and BYU not taking the offer to play Washington this week is blank. It's a little bit confusing, I think, for fans because a lot of fans have been have been going. Can we get another game? Can we get another game? Can we prove to the committee that we can get into the playoff? I mean. Cougar fans, you don't have to convince me that you love your team. There's a lot to love about this team. I mean, Zach Wilson, for starters, this defense is better than we've seen in a long time. So so a little bit confusing, although, you know, you read some of the stories and you, you look at Washington's reasoning and, you, you know, maybe the Pac-12's ploy to try to get a Oregon-Washington or a USC into the mix and, and, and maybe... Trump undefeated BYU team if, if things started to fall in the dominoes and there was enough losses up top to try to get, you know, Pac I don't think the Pac-12 is going to get a team in either, to be honest with you, but maybe it's just a little bit of that dog and pony show like Dick Harmon wrote about in the Des News a couple days ago. 
Horrible look for BYU. You have your little anytime, anywhere, anywho slogan that Zach Wilson wears on his headband. You get an opportunity to play a Washington. And it is a crappy offer by Washington because they're saying we can back out last second. We're not going to pay you anything. You have to live up to our ridiculous COVID-19 protocol in the Pac-12. And BYU's like, nah, we'll wait around. So if BYU schedules Cincinnati, I mean, BYU doesn't play for three weeks. So basically they're saying we would rather not play than have to go up and play in Husky Stadium. I think it's just a horrible look nationally. And when you have a committee of humans determining where you go in the postseason, they're going to look at this as you bailing out and choosing to play no games instead of playing a game against a really good program who you're afraid you're probably going to lose to. So the only way BYU can redeem themselves from this cowardly-looking decision book is Cincinnati, if they book December Cincinnati. 5th. Yeah, book Cincinnati. And they got to book, book it soon. Book a good team. And if it's not Cincinnati, it's got to be a big-time program. Otherwise, you look foolish. But look, from the football fan, player, coach perspective, yes, you want to play that game against Cincinnati. From the AD business side, you kind of jeopardize the New Year's Six possibly, and a big, gigantic payday, right? So, even if you don't get in the playoffs, you're talking about a lot of money for BYU, you're and saying, they don't got to share you're with saying anybody. if they schedule a, a good program and, and lose, lose. they're jeopardized. I'm saying if they don't schedule somebody, that to the committee and to people who make decisions, that's going to hurt them. That hurts their perception, and given the choice down, let's say they don't play Cincinnati, and given the choice between Cincinnati and BYU, people probably going to pick Cincinnati. Yeah, they barely escaped against, what, US, UCF yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like a three-point win. Yeah. BYU is knocking the doors off of North Alabama. Great question. Where yeah. are we going next? We're going up back to the NFL, and obviously there's the favorites for the Super Bowl, Steelers, Chiefs, Saints, Packers, etc., but a Super Bowl dark horse to watch out for is blank. I think the Seattle Seahawks fit this. Hold up. I th- No, I really do. I, I think people are like, yeah. no, no, no. Look, I... I have actually backed off my homerism from the Seattle Seahawks. I've been re- stop it. I've been really slow to move them up in my power rankings. I think I had them at number nine last week. Um, I, I, I think I think Russell Wilson has got off such a hot start. He's cooled off just a little bit, but he's capable of heating back up. I think the defense has made some fixes. They're getting healthier. Like I think this is a perfect spot to pick the Seattle Seahawks as a Super Bowl dark horse. You get Chad Griffin back. You get Chris Carson back healthy. You know you, you're getting. Uh, their addition they brought in from Cincinnati, uh, a little bit healthier. Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, he had two sacks against the Cardinals in that win the other night. Carlos Hyde's back healthy. Look at what difference he made, taking the pressure off Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett's going to have almost 10 days off to kind of rest up. He played hurt last week. Like, I, I think that this is a perfect spot to put in the Seattle Seahawks as a dark horse to win the Super Bowl. That team sucks. I'm going to go with Lawrence. the Tennessee Titans. Did you, uh, were they one of the teams you brought up as one of the favorites? Uh, they were not. Yes. Tennessee Titans. I uh, love Tannehill. Black. Love uh, Vrabel. I love do like Vrabel. Vrabel. Uh, Derrick Henry plays his best football in the winter when it gets cold, and that's when the playoffs Nobody are. Nobody wants to tackle him, and then when it's freezing, you want to go yeah. pad level against Derrick no, Henry? No, That don't. hurts. Uh, I'll say Tennessee. Good call. Good call. That is our last fill-in-the-blank question we have. We'll now switch the focus over to the NFL Power Rankings. Me and Devin have kind of collaborated on our week 11 now, Dirty Dozen NFL Power Rankings. And yeah, take it away, Devin. Let's get to it. Uh, At number 12, I know they lose on Sunday Night Football. I do not care. I'm still so impressed. They still 
have handed the Chiefs their only loss. We leave the Raiders at 12. Jackson, we thought about putting the Browns here, but the Browns beat Philly, right? No, like, they have the only good team they've played and beat this year were the Colts. I don't trust Baker Mayfield still. We put the Raiders at 12. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Let's move on. Number 11, we've got the Cardinals here. I know they lose to Seattle, but they still are deserving to stay in the top 12. Uh, this is a this is a Cardinals team that I think is still very much alive. Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. This NFC West race is getting really, really jam-packed. Everybody 7-3. and three. It, it is crowded after the Rams win last night against the Bucs. They did the Cardinals and the Seahawks no favors. With Hopkins, with Kenyon Drake, with Kyler Murray, this is a team that is very, very dangerous. We got them at 11. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray didn't have his best game up in Seattle, but that's to give credit to that Seahawks defense. They looked really good. Number 10, we got the Tennessee Titans. Andy's dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Vrabel and the boys. Don't count these guys out. Great gutsy overtime win this last weekend. Oh, yeah. Derrick Henry just owns the Ravens at this point. He's just playing very well this season. I'm not, I don't think any defensive player wants to go tackle Derrick Henry in the open field right and, now. And in just the last three weeks, the Ravens have slid out of our dirty dozen with loss after loss after loss. Number nine, go Hawks. We got the Seahawks here. You know, this is a Seattle team that I think always plays good in that stretch run. And the next four weeks are all winnable games. I mean, they've got Philadelphia. They've got the Jets. They've got the Redskins. I mean, these are all winnable games before they finish up with the 49ers and Rams again. So Seattle's in a really good spot. Their, their schedule is one of the easiest coming down the stretch. Yeah, it, re- it really seems like they came together in that Thursday night game in Seattle. This is a team I definitely see climbing the power rankings in the coming weeks. Number eight, we've got the... Fighting Peyton Manning's of old, the Colts. This this Colts team is a well-rounded team. A, a, a solid defense, a solid offense, solid special teams with Blankenship and company. This Colts team is interesting right now, and they're, they're a team that could go either direction, north or south right now, but we got them at number eight. Yeah, I mean, I was doubting the Colts up until the fumble in overtime. Once the Packers won the coin toss, I was like, okay, Aaron Rodgers just went down the field, got the field goal to send into overtime. They get the ball first. He's going to go down and score a touchdown. But, I mean, give credit to the Colts. I did not think Phillip Rivers and that offense could put up 34 points on this Packers team. Number seven, we've got, even after a loss, the Bucks dropping down three spots. Tom Brady didn't look good last night. Just didn't really look good. Interception after interception. Bucks slide down to number seven. Yeah, the Bucks only have three losses this year, but they're all come in prime time. For some reason, they just can't get the job done. That's unlike Tom. Come on, TV, Tom. Uh, at number six, we've got the L.A. Rams. So you got the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks all in the mix right there. Six through 11. We find all three NFC West teams. They're all right there with three losses. And this is a Rams team that started to figure something out. Golf looks pretty good. He's getting into the receivers in open space. He's getting a lot of yak yards. The run game is terrific, and this defense is really good. That defense is really good, led by Aaron Donald and company. I mean, he's obviously up for defensive player this year, and it seems like year in and year out. And number five. Nice game, pretty boy. We've got the Packers cracking the top five. They've been in the top five a lot. They do slide down a couple spots here, but a lot of people still believe in this Pack team. Yeah, I still believe in them. They still have Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams got his touchdown. He got his fair share. That's how it's going to be the rest of the year. I think the highest we've ever had this team coming in at number four. Circle the wagons. It's the Buffalo Bills at number four. 
And this Bills team still got a little bit of company, but they get a little separation on a bye week after Miami stubs their toe in Denver. Yeah, I mean, the, I think this is the most the teams jump during a bye week, but it's much credited. I think they're on upset watch this year. Upset watch this week with Justin Herbert and company coming into Buffalo. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, number three. This team only has a couple losses, folks. And Taysom Hill is a quarterback. It's the Saints. And this defense played really good. Taysom didn't throw a touchdown, but he did a lot of other things that made a lot of people go, okay, I see why Sean Payton passed over Jameis Winston to give Taysom Hill a shot. White boy. And I think Taysom Hill is uh, going to win a bunch more games while he's filling in for it's easy when you got Drew Breesy. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with Taysom Hill and his weapons, I don't think he really stood out by any means, but he got the job done to beat the Falcons. I think that's all he's going to have to do with his company. At number two and number one, we disagree again. I've got the Steelers at two. I know they're undefeated. I know. I know they beat the Jags 27 to three. I get it. I get it. But I still believe the Chiefs deserve to be number one. But Jackson, you've got it the other way. You've got the Chiefs two and the mighty Steelers undefeated at number one in this week's power ranking. Yeah, I think we're going to disagree on this until one of these teams loses. And I think <laughs> that one team is, is Pittsburgh, right? Uh, no, I think Pittsburgh's going to run the table. I hope they run the table, but I don't know. It's going to be a fun run down the stretch. Big game on. Oh, yeah. Big game. Biggest game of the year. Ravens are are, are are really reeling right now. They are. This is going to be a black. This is the turkey night game, right? Yeah, Thursday it's the prime night. time Thanksgiving game in Pittsburgh. Don't eat so much turkey. You're comatose. You might fall asleep and miss out on Big Ben and the Steelers taking on Action Jackson and the Ravens. That'll be uh, that'll be a good one to cap off your turkey day. For sure, I'm definitely stoked to watch that one. Go Steelers! That's all we got for our NFL Dirty Dozen Power Rankings, and that's all we got for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Turley Talk Sports Podcast. I will be putting out new podcasts every Tuesday and Friday. Big thank you to Devin and Andy for joining me today. I'm your host, Jackson Turley, signing off. Make sure to subscribe and follow at Turley Talk Sports on Instagram. We'll hope you tune in next time. Thanks.